Hi everyone, my name is Kate. My name is Sarah. And you're listening to Artwise. Hi, Sarah. So first, why don't you go ahead and just introduce yourself and tell us what you're all about and what you're here on ArtWise to talk about today. Okay, so hi, I'm Sarah Shedlowski. I'm a commercial interior designer based in the Columbus, Ohio area specifically with a background in various different types of interior design. I graduated in 2018 with a bachelor's of science degree in interior design. And I've been in the industry for a number of years. So I'm here to talk about interior design and what is involved with it. And I guess how you can, if you're interested, if you want to get started in that as well. That's awesome. I'm really excited about this episode because (laughs) we have not yet had an interior designer on ArtWise. So this (laughs) should be really interesting. And I'm really, I'm really excited to talk about this. Yes. (laughs) You guys can't see it, but I'm doing a hand movement. I talk with my hands, which is bad for the audio audio only podcast (laughs) no one can see. (laughs) So the first question that I like to ask everyone that comes on the podcast is like, how did you begin your art journey? So was becoming an interior designer something that you've always wanted to do? Or was it just kind of something that you learned about yourself later on? So for me personally, I was actually for a number of years through middle school and high school, I was in theater. I did mostly backstage stuff and I did like set designs for the different different plays and musicals that we did. Our my school specifically went all out on those, especially for high school. We had like three different things that we did throughout the year. So it wasn't just like a musical, it was fall play, a winter play, and then a school spring musical. So it kind of went really into detail. But because of that, I it got me kind of interested in that. And then when I was in my later years of high school, I did an interior design class that I was, you know, one of the few classes we could do that our school actually provided. So I wanted to see what that was about. And the teacher was very nice. And she kind of taught us the different styles of design for interior design. And then it kind of got me started on, you know, learning residential interior design. And then I remember back when I was looking into places to go for school, because our parents are always about, you know, making us go to college. My parents were like, well, what do you want to do? And I had, you know, a couple different choices that I wanted to do. It was either, (laughs) this is funny, it was either geology, graphic design, or interior design. And geology was an interesting choice, obviously, but totally different. Mm -hmm. So, And then I remember back in my first week of classes that we were asked, what do you guys want to do when you start, you know, when we first started, like, what do you guys want to do as designers? And about about 90% of us decided we want to do homes for people because that's all we really knew. And then by the time I finished up school at the end of my fifth year, which was, it's a five-year program at Cincinnati. At the end of that five years, it was a, you know, every single person had a different type of design that they wanted to do. And it was a very big difference. And it really showed me that, yeah, we've all really grown into what we really want to do. For me personally, I don't have a specialty because my specialty is doing a little bit of everything, at least with the different jobs that I've had. That's really cool. It's interesting (laughs) that you say that you did uh, theater because I also did theater as well. (laughs) (laughs) Did we all start as theater people? (laughs) Yeah, I didn't do it through high school. So I did it only in middle school. And then I did one year in high school. And then I kind of was like, this isn't for me. But I did do the set design in in middle school. But it wasn't it wasn't like it was a middle school play. So I'm sure you can imagine we basically like we made these like big canvases ourselves and like, 
I just painted them for like Wizard of Oz. But yeah, I was also a lead in the play too because oh you know me. I, like, I got to do all, got to do it all. Do everything. <laughs> I have a, I have a podcast, so you know I like to <laughs> talk in front of people. I guess of course <laughs> had to do both. But yeah, that's really interesting because I think a couple of of guests on this podcast started out through theater which is really funny because you (laughs) you would think that like art people would start out in like the traditional like 2d like art classes but like that's that's super interesting so before we continue into like the more personal questions why don't you teach me a little bit about interior design because this is not something i've done any research (laughs) about at all whatsoever never really looked into i know nothing i'm a baby i am I'm a baby. I don't know anything. So can you talk a little bit about like maybe the difference between like residential versus commercial design, what each involves and anything else you're going to be talking about that you feel like it's important for people to know and have like more context on? Okay, so I guess I'll start with residential because that encompasses you know, a very specific set. So residential design is what it says on the tin, which is residences or homes for people. So residential design, we could be designing, it's it's not just like furniture for people, it's encompassing like finishes of a sort. So finishes being paint, even your wall base, your ceiling texture, the tile on your backsplash in your kitchen, the tile in your bathroom, what your floor is made of. So carpeting or hardwood or, you know, whatever it is, that's also part of the interior design, you know, aspect of it. And that's the more design aspect of it, along with the furniture. The furniture is more of a decoration portion, but that's not to say that interior decoration is not a fully valid thing to do. Interior design can also incorporate like busting through walls and making rooms bigger and you know, doing parts of the pieces that architects will also do. And so residential design, it can be a whole house. It could be just somebody's one room that they wanted to focus on. It really depends on the person. I've done a freelance design for somebody who just wanted to do their living room. And that was just kind of to the side. I ended up meeting her from another job that I was doing. And we're still in the process of actually getting her stuff together because the furniture industry right now is absolutely insane along with everything else. So that's what I can kind of state as in, you know residential interior design whereas commercial interior design incorporates everything else. So you could as an interior designer help design for office spaces, restaurants, there are Things like museums, hospitals, schools, government buildings. I know one place that I worked for, they were like, yeah, we did a jail before. And I was like, a jail? (laughs) Okay. I really just, yeah, I've done retirement communities before. So, and each one of those things has a different set of parameters that you have to meet. So, you know, for schools, you know, there's different things that they won't let you put somewhere because there are children around and you don't want children to slip and fall or hurt themselves. Or they have specific rooms for the special needs students. For retirement communities, it was interesting that I learned that you can't use the color black, or at least they don't recommend it because it looks like a big black hole to somebody who is seeing impaired. So they're very, you know, we're very weary about people, especially if they're, you know, they're sight impaired, but they're also getting closer to, you know, their Alzheimer's. It's like, we don't want to put black there because it looks like a black hole and you're going to step in it. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. It's just, it really depends. So I've just found that those are kind of the differences that I've seen personally. And yeah, I, I find it to be very fascinating that you know, anybody who's an interior designer could do basically anything. So <laughs> so I have a I have a question, actually. Yeah. So would you say it's like more about functionality or making things look good? Or is it like a perfect balance of the two? 
It's definitely a balance of the two. So the nice thing about how many different things that we have to choose from, because there's different tiles, different paints, different you know, carpeting, all those things, you really have a large choice to make something feel how you want when you walk into the space, but also function the way you need it to. So it's really about choosing um, the right material that functions correctly, but also provides the kind of feel that you want to have when you walk into a space. Gotcha. Okay, that's interesting. And so, so you do you do all of it, like you do both, right? For a while, so it depends on the job that I've had. I very recently worked for a furniture company, and so it was only residential interior design for people. I worked for another company where I do, or I did, a, um, a number of different types of projects. So I did government places. I did restaurants for them. I did a school. I did a mausoleum for a cemetery, which was very strange. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that place was specifically like we did everything, which was really nice because at the very beginning of the pandemic, because we did everything, there was no industry that affected us really. Okay, um, cool. I could, that's, I wouldn't think <laughs> of stuff like that like I, I know obviously it needs like an interior designer, but that's mm-hmm. not the first thing you would think of. So that's really that's really interesting. Yeah, so I I think of it as every space that you've walked into has had either an architect or an interior designer, t- you know, touch it or look into it. So it's always somebody who's thinking about how you're going to move through a space and how it affects you personally because to keep you out of, you know, to keep you from actually experiencing the outside world, we have to create spaces for people to be, you know, sheltered. So there's always somebody thinking about behind the scenes, how you're going to move through something. Yeah, no, that's really cool. I didn't, (laughs) I didn't even, I learned so much with this podcast. I really do. (laughs) So can you talk about, I know you just talked about some of the jobs that you've worked on uh, Mm -hmm. before, but what types of jobs would you be able to do if you had a, like a BA in interior design? I feel like it depends. So it it depends on what you want to go into, really. I know people who have specifically become furniture representatives or manufacturing reps. I've also seen people go into lighting design. So creating like your chandeliers or your table lamps, that sort of thing. I know somebody specifically who went into that. There have been people who've gone into graphic design even that I know of because it's still an art-based major in college. But there's also people, I've seen people do just various different types of design, depending on what they really are interested in. So if you wanted to do, let's say, like sustainability, specifically, let's say that you're, you know, everything is supposed to be more sustainable right now, uh, obviously, because the world is falling apart. But there are people <laughs> who specifically specialize in, you know, making sure that materials for, you know, your home or for the building that they're building, um, you know, meets a certain kind of sustainability for the world, be it that it lasts longer, but also that it's not impacting the outside world more. It can get really technical. (laughs) It can also get very, just very specifically design related. So it really fully depends on what you want to do. I've personally really wanted to do furniture design. I haven't found anybody that's willing to take me on for that. (laughs) But I like designing chairs and um, couches and things like that. So things you sit on. That's, I'm, that's so cool. Like, like I, I wouldn't think of, see, like you think of, well, anyway, not you, but not me. me. <laughs> I, I think of interior design. Like when I think of interior design, have you seen the show on Netflix? It's like a newer show. It's in, I want to say England. I think it's England. It's set in England. It's a, like a competition show 
kind of like think like face off, but it's for interior designers and they just take a bunch of interior designers and they make them do like challenges. I have seen it and I I design, love it. I design masters? Really love it. <laughs> Is it called Design Masters? Is that what it's called? I feel like that's what it's Something. called. I don't remember. I'm terrible. I gotta I gotta search it for for the people listening in case they want to see it. I'm pretty sure it's called Design Masters. Netflix. The wonder, the wonder of computers and how we can look it up right now. But oh, it's I, called it's called Interior Design Masters. Well, there you go. Yeah, it's Interior Design Masters. It's it's pretty interesting to say the least, but that's what I think of when I think of interior design because they have them just go into spaces as like a challenge and they give them a bunch of different spaces. Like they give them like a house to make look good. <laughs> they give them, they did like restaurants at one point. They did college dorms. They did, they did all kinds of stuff, but that's mm -hmm. what I think of. But like, I wouldn't think of someone like designing a chair or designing a fancy couch as like, <laughs> I wouldn't have even thought of that, but that makes so much sense. I guess I just didn't know enough about it. I'm glad to be learning, though. That's super cool. <laughs> so what I've realized is interior design is anything you touch. So be it like when you're going, you know, obviously clothes aren't that sort of thing. <laughs> but I mean, when you go into a space, anything you touch is interior design. So it, it's what you've explained is what everyone does think about it. And I find it really enjoyable to watch people do the things that they do. I'm not going to criticize anybody for doing not what I do because I specialize in a completely different type of thing. I, you know, people are very creative and what they do on that kind of show, on HGTV even, I, I find it very, you know, enjoyable to watch. Even if, you know, HGTV is not what the interior design industry is. It does not go that quickly. <laughs> Nothing will go that quickly. But I do find it really fun to just enjoy sitting down and watching. Plus, it also gives me, you know, interesting things to think about too for a next design as well. It's like, oh, well, that's fun. <laughs> I might also like to do that too. So just the creativity of people is really just so fun to see. Yeah, that's, that's, that's really interesting. That that's, that's super cool. So the next question that I have is, it's kind of a general question. But mm -hmm. in your opinion, like, what path would you recommend to a beginner? So like, let's say like a person, mm -hmm. or maybe even like a younger you just graduated high school, super interested in getting into the interior design industry, what path would they recommend that would you recommend that they take like step by step? Okay, you could either I, I actually kind of separate it out by for me personally, it's separating out between two different pathways, really, though, it can be any other path, really. But the first path is what I did, which is I went into, you know, college for interior design. And I went through the process, learned as much as I could. I also did a few internships while I was in school because Cincinnati both requires it and I'm also not a person to slack. So going through those internships, graduating with a bachelor's degree and then finding a place to go that is something that you're interested in to you know specialize into. Or you could go a different route that anybody really who you know, even if they're not just leaving uh, school, if they're really interested, you know, even after high school, I would say find somebody who is more of a local interior designer and understand what they do. See if they're willing to have you on as an, as a, you know, internship experience. I know a cousin of mine, a friend of his, went through that for architecture. And granted, there are some things that you're kind of limited to if you're not, you know, specifically a, you know, graduate of a college, because you can't get certified, but you can still go into the industry. And it's really all about the things you've learned, and the kind of 
what you really wanted to do. And if you're really passionate about it, I say go for it. I went the very complicated route <laughs> and the very stressful route because Cincinnati was also half architecture school. So architecture school, if anybody out there is an architect, knows that it's extremely stressful and you never leave studio. So I almost went to school for architecture. <laughs> yeah, you never leave studio. Almost never. I, I left to like sleep. <laughs> I seriously considered it because I'm really, I'm really good at math. And I was like, oh, art, math. I'll just do that. Yeah. No, <laughs> it's, I thought it was it's like, also that. That's don't, so don't, don't negate that either. But it is, it is a lot of work because you oh, also yeah. do have to learn. I, I would say for someone who's a beginner, learn, you know, ADA codes, learn the softwares if you could, if you have the money to. If not, find somewhere where somebody has them on a computer or even take some, you know, Skillshare classes or YouTube videos, all those things. Just kind of learn what you can and see if anybody is, you know, willing to take you on as an intern. Or you can go my route <laughs> and get your bachelor's degree, have your have all of your nice internships while you're in school and then start looking for jobs after the fact. It's really become a very competitive place to be, but I personally wouldn't want to do anything else. So, I feel like the art industry is inherently really competitive. And I I I I don't really understand why. I mean, I guess it, it is like, it's pretty saturated with lots of people, but I don't know. It, it's in, inherently like all forms of art, especially recently with, with, with the, like the great resignation and everything. I feel mm -hmm. like a lot of people are quitting their nine to five and like pursuing their actual real passions. And I feel like probably only going to get worse. I know. <laughs> well, I, I very recently changed jobs too. From where I was, I was at a furniture dealer and now I'm working at an architecture firm as a, an architectural designer. So I'm kind of doing both where I'm doing both architecture and interior design. So I get to, you know, I pick where walls will go in a space, what the furniture is, but there, it also what I'm doing right now is specifically retail design. Gotcha. Where I'm doing like pet stores and phones, like stores like T-Mobile, stuff like that. So they already have specialized like what they want in a space. So it's just a matter of making sure it actually all fits where it should. And if something doesn't work out code wise, we have to tell them and then they don't like us and then we say you still have to do it <laughs> so code wise being you know fire codes for spaces mm -hmm. is also a, an issue so I had to do that recently where we're like we have to move this wall and they go why and we're like you have one too there's just one too many people that are allowed in this space where you need a second exit and they go what and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so it can get pretty technical, but it's honestly, it's really fascinating to me. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I would deal with like fire codes and stuff. I can't even imagine like sitting down and doing like a social branding package for someone and then being like, can you make this bigger? And I'd have to be like, no, because it's <laughs> against fire code. That makes no sense. It's, it's fine. <laughs> they were like 10 square feet off. That's and like, And we're like, you have to move this wall by 10 square feet. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's crazy. That's crazy. Definitely very specific, I can say. So we talked a little bit about this earlier. Mm -hmm. Just a little, but specifically, like what softwares would you recommend that someone learn who is looking to become an interior designer? Like, are there any big ones that you think are pretty much essential for like going into that industry and like finding a job in that space? Most definitely. From my own experience, as well as when I was job searching, the main things that, that 
especially employers are looking for, as well as to actually know to actually do your job. You'll want to know AutoCAD, which is a 2D drafting software, which specifically for architecture and engineering, it's what they use throughout the industry. And it's basically depending on what layer you have something is how it's going to print on your actual final blueprints or what we call construction documents. So it gets very technical, but it's a lot of just lines, colored lines, but those colored lines represent something. So learning what those, how to use that is a huge industry-wide thing. And then there are two 3D softwares that are always needed. One of them, granted it depends on the place, but the ones that I've noticed the most are SketchUp, which is mostly design-based, and it's basically creating 3D models, extruding them based off of what you need, and it helps you create an actual 3D rendering of the space, and you place you know, your specific finishes onto that, being the tile or the carpet or paint, whatever, and having that come out as a 3D, and then the Second one that I usually, I, everyone wants you to know it, but I, it has not been implemented industry-wide yet, is Revit, which Revit is mostly, it's both design, but it's also a lot of architecture and engineering as well. And it's way more technical than SketchUp is because everything has to have its own shape and then that shape has its own code. And then if you change, you know, one, it changes everything. It, it's, it gets very specific. And you can go into detail with, you know, the inside of your walls and have those, you know, everything is on its own layer again. It's it very specific. So I, I can't even really describe it that well, but it's, um, those are the three things that I've seen the most of. And then Noah photo editing software for when you do have to do a 3D rendering. Now, industry is Adobe, which is mostly Photoshop. And I Photoshop, I, I don't love Adobe's products, <laughs> personally. Really? As who does like to do <laughs> their own thing. But I had to learn it, so... And a lot of places have that as their standard. So you kind of just have to deal with it. It's a lot of people who are in charge. I get to decide what you do. So yeah, those those are mostly what I've used in the past, along with some other things. But those are the four that I recommend learning. Yeah, don't don't hate me, but I love Adobe products. <laughs> It might just be because it's like the main thing that I've ever used, but it's like you don't, it is industry standard. Like if you're doing yeah. anything art related, it's just really good to learn. Even if you're like, oh, well, I'm only going to do like fine arts and oil painting and whatever. And you think that you're never going to do anything digital. It's just, it's still good to know. It's just a good skill to have. I, I love Adobe. <laughs> I mean, again, that's personal preference. I just know it very well. It is not my favorite software I've ever used, <laughs> but it's also not the worst. And yes, it is industry standard for anything art related. So learn Photoshop. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it really like, it, it really is like an opinion thing. Cause I know a lot of people too who hate Adobe as a graphic designer who is almost always in Adobe Illustrator. I really enjoy it. I find Illustrator really easy to use, really user-friendly. It was very quick for me to learn it. It did not take me any time at all. I'm mostly self-taught, you know, mm -hmm. Illustrator and everything. I, I had to kind of teach myself because I, I lied on a resume back in like 2018 <laughs> for a job saying I knew how to use it. And I just I like had never... I had used it maybe two times and I was like, that's enough to say I'm proficient in it, right? And then, you know, I show up to the job and they're like, oh, here's all this art. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, oh right. I said I, I said I knew how to use this. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they, no one knew. I. <laughs> no one found oh. out. <laughs> yeah, that was my very first job in graphic design. 
but that's what I'm saying. I really, I like it. I like it. I think it's pretty user-friendly. I agree that there are probably better programs out there, but being that it's the industry standard, I think it makes everything a lot more simple, you know, mm-hmm. than having to teach yourself a million different things and hoping that the job that you're going to want in the future is using the program that you're proficient in. I think it's just really nice to have that industry standard. I know not everyone agrees with that, but I think it makes it easier a little bit. <laughs> it, it, it is nice to have an industry standard I will agree with that again not my preference but <laughs> I did learn most of what I know on the job so it's not like you have to be fully proficient in something to do it granted now the job that I'm doing they don't understand how proficient I am so they're like oh we need you to do this a whole store and I'll have it done in like three days and they're like you can take more time and I'm like I will (laughs) if you want me to but it's like it's just over time I've just learned so much more on my jobs and learned how to do it quickly but you know just kind of get the basics down is key I would say for a lot of things. And then you can really learn what you need while you're on the job and ask questions. Please ask questions. (laughs) And I will say with Adobe too, something really good about Adobe that I like personally is it's kind of like learning a second language. Like once you've learned one program, it's really easy to learn a second and a third because they're all kind of built very similarly Mm -hmm. with like different functions are the programs that you mentioned that are not adobe like the 3d software and like the other things that you mentioned are are those the same way or are they all kind of hard to learn so each one is its own like group revit is definitely the most difficult one to learn but you can definitely you can like move your AutoCAD stuff into SketchUp and you can move your AutoCAD stuff into Revit. It's made to do that so that you can make things extruded into your 3D space. Now, I would say Revit is definitely the more technical version of SketchUp, where if you just want to create a nice, accurate photo of what something looks like, that's what SketchUp is for. If you want to get very down to the details and have, you know, how many of something you need to, that's what Revit is for. Okay, gotcha. So my next question, so in the intake form that I had everybody fill out just for being on the podcast to kind of help guide me to like what (laughs) questions to ask you about, you, you mentioned talking about local manufacturing reps and like how they, how they are helpful. Can you elaborate on that? Because I I don't know what that is. (laughs) Okay. So I specifically, manufacturing reps are for, you know, your carpet manufacturers, your tile manufacturers, even sometimes paint, depending on where it's at, you know, wallpaper, laminate on furniture, on walls, stuff like that. They all have their own local representatives to, you know, explain the product to somebody designing a space. So they're a great tool to have specifically. What they do is they know their product very well, and they can help guide somebody into understanding, you know, if a specific product that they have will work with the design that they want to go for. So a lot of interior design and architecture, what is it, the firms that I've worked for, every single one of them has had a materials library, which is all lined up with all the various different, you know, materials that you can use for a project. So we have sections for your carpet, your tile, your laminate, all those things and you go through those and you pick the kind of style that you want to go with and then you can have you can go back to the representative and ask them like will this work for what we want to do because though they do want to sell you something they are a sales rep they also want their stuff not to fail they always want to say that they have the best product for what you need so They'll always give you good advice, especially if they have multiple of something. Let's say 
your wall covering rep specifically, which is your wallpaper. So it's not always paper. If you've ever gone into like a, a hotel or something, it's always a vinyl, what we call wall covering. And so what they'll decide, what they'll help you decide on is the thickness that it is because there's different thicknesses that it can go into. Should it be a UV resistant one? If it's going to be close to a big window, is it going to be something that's, if it's scratched, there's still like color underneath that matches the surface color because specifically hotels, people don't take care of the hallways. So you'll just see a big gash in the wall. Stuff like that where they'll help you understand what product you need from them to give the best overall functionality as you get that design that we were talking about earlier so that you can have that happy medium. But also with that, they're also a really good, they're a good source to go to for if you're between jobs as well, because they know everybody in your area. So if you're thinking about leaving a position. I have always gone to one of the reps that I've become really good friends with. And I ask her if she knows of anybody who's hiring. It's a networking situation too. So they're very nice to have for networking. They can help you meet other people at a different company. They are also really nice to have for, they like to have outings too. So they'll have like their product set up on a table, but then you're doing an outing for something else. So like I've gone to like happy hours or I've gone to, one of my favorites was there's, there's a local rep who likes to do every year. They give you like $25 to buy however many plants you want from a, from a, plant nursery and you pot them yourself so you have to bring your own pots but like that's the interaction that you have and so and then they provide you drinks and snacks so they want you to all get to know each other and they want to get to know you so that they can really know who you know know who is in the industry with them as well so that they know who to sell to but also how you know they can help you along the way that's really cool. I love that. I, love it. <laughs> I don't yeah. do it just for the snacks. But the snacks are a nice perk. <laughs> no, that seems like it would be like a really good opportunity for networking too, like going to happy hours and stuff like that. You know, I, but for my eight to five, we have like mandatory team building. Sometimes we'll go to happy hour, sometimes we'll go to like lunch out to a restaurant and like the company pays for it and like we have to go and I'm like I already know these people what is the point of this (laughs) so that seems like a really good opportunity and also I got hired as a graphic designer at my company at 19 why are you forcing me to go to I was literally forced to go to a happy hour where I just had to sit there and drink water while everyone in my office got drunk and then I got kicked out at at six o'clock because because I was very apparently under 21 and I was sitting yeah. in in the happy hour and my boss was like, you're going to stay. You're going to oh, stay gosh. here and you're going to talk to people because I'm really bad at talking to people at my nine to five. And I remember my boss just being like, no, Caitlin, like you're going to stay. You're going to go to this happy hour. You're going to talk to people and you're going to like it. And so we get there at five o'clock and I'm sitting there and I'm just like sitting there sipping my water. And then at six o'clock, the, the waitress comes up to me and she's like, it's like a bar and like a bar and grill kind of deal. Yeah. And the waitress comes up to me and she was like, I hate to do this, but can I see your ID? And I was like, absolutely, you can. And she was like, you're 19. And I go, yeah. And she's like, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to ask you to leave. And I look at my boss and I go, bye. And I just like leave, take <laughs> off. I'm like, there was no reason for me to be there. Uh, yeah. So those seem pointless, but if I'm going to meet new people, I'll talk to people, but I already know these people. I work with these people every day. Why do I have to go to a happy hour? I don't even drink. Like, what's up with that? (laughs) I've I've done places, like I've done happy hours where it's just like been me and my coworkers and then the rep, like that has happened before, but then you, you know, talk to the rep and about their life too, because a lot of them you know, you don't see for a few months. So you're like, oh, I want to know what's going on with you. But 
it's nice also because I I do have friends throughout the city that I've met you know, over the years. And it's, it's a good way to actually see them. Now that I work in an architecture firm, it's very interesting, because I don't think I'll have that very often. But it doesn't mean that I can't be invited. So I got invited to one very recently, they're like, well, if you can make it, I'm like, you know what, it's been over a year since I've really gotten to see anybody in the design industry, like, fully see anybody. So yeah, I'll go. I'll make yeah. time <laughs> if I have to. That's really cool. Are they still doing that with COVID and everything? Because my my office is, is they're weird about stuff like that. And now especially, it's like, they they don't really want us doing any of the we're still working from home and they don't really want us to do any of the in-person stuff yet so is it is it like different in that industry in that regard where they're like oh well you know restrictions are not really a thing anymore so yeah we can go to like a happy hour we can go to a restaurant like is it is it less or is it different with covid I would say beginning of COVID through to now, it's been very stagnant. There hasn't been really a lot of interaction. Now it depends on the people and how they feel. Granted, I very likely have not, you know, I very likely if I had gone to anything in the past year, I wouldn't have seen a lot of people. But it really depends on the job that you're going to and I guess the people that would also be going with you. So when I, when the pandemic was first starting, I would say during that summer of 2020, we did have some interactions, but it wasn't like indoors at all. We were outside, we were in a park nearby where I was working at the time. And we were all kind of separated out from each other. And then they provided us like lunches in boxes. So it really just depends on the interaction and how people feel. That kind of feels like ironic to me, like a bunch of interior designers all outside. I don't know. We we like to be outside as much as possible (laughs) because we are inside a lot. (laughs) Yeah. No, that makes sense. I Ooh, that, that, that brings up an interesting question that I just thought of. So interior design, is it always inside? <laughs> that sounds dumb. Not necessarily. Is there it's like funny. an, is there something, I guess it would be like a landscaper or something, but is there like an outerior designer? Like I've specifically done, I mean, like outdoor? Right. <laughs> I've done outdoor pools before for people. I've done, like you can do courtyards for like an office building that sort of thing it doesn't get Mm. like too much but like granted I'm not a landscape person but I can do somebody's patio for their home like (laughs) stuff like that so it can go outside too and there's like a great area with interior design and architecture because you do kind of learn the same stuff and then you split off when it comes to the actual shell of the building for architecture and the walls on the inside now if the interior designer wants one thing and the architecture wants a different thing you kind of have to work together to find what you want but it really just kind of depends what it is so that's interesting you can go outside (laughs) (laughs) only inside only interior no i don't know the interior (laughs) that's that's funny so this is my last question i asked pretty much everyone who comes on the podcast this just because i think that like i you know, I made this podcast for my younger self. So I, I always like to ask this mm-hmm. at, at the end of the episode. And that is like, what advice would you give to a beginner artist or interior designer or even like your younger self regarding your art journey? Is there like any regrets you've had along the way or, or like even things that you wish you would have just done sooner or differently or Is there like a word of advice, like a quote that someone told you that stuck with you, like anything like that? Um, I guess my first, I I do have a couple things, but my first thing is always save your work. (laughs) 
<laughs> and it's not just save it for the company, but actually save it to like a flash drive or a hard drive or something like stuff that you've worked on that you would want to put into a portfolio to That's show that one. you've done that work. <laughs> because I have regretted it so much in the past that I like I did this one huge project and I have none of the stuff from it. Uh... And it's so disheartening. It was a whole grocery store basically it was a it's a mexican grocery store and it was colorful and it was interesting and i did say i saved none of it so why don't (laughs) you just go to the grocery store and take pictures because it doesn't look like that because i had renderings of it and everything and then they decided we're not going to do as much as we're paying you to design for so it doesn't look like that on the inside it looks oh. you know, not the same. So we're like, okay, so definitely save that stuff that could really be in your portfolio. They would catch hands. I'd be so mad. Yeah. And then definitely if, if the stuff, if the place is finished and to your liking, take photos, take good photos of it, edit those photos to be in your portfolio, like early on, don't, don't wait to do your portfolio. <laughs> I've done that. And then you're up all night fixing your portfolio. That's not fun. So yeah, I've definitely forgotten to save things before. And it's so disheartening. So definitely do that. But then also, I guess what I would say is ask for what you want in terms of pay, but also in terms of the type of work that you want to do, because you have to know your own worth and what you actually want to do. Surprisingly, with how young I am, I'm still one of the experts in the room. So it's just a matter of actually doing that expert work and getting compensated and doing the work that you really love. Because I've done stuff that I did not want to do. But out of desperation, I've done jobs before and it's not been fun. So and I've taken lower pay before. So yeah, that would be my biggest advice for people just in general, but also um, for a younger me. save your dang work it's harder to ask for the permission than it is to ask how to change it because i i've done projects where the stuff hasn't been completed before and they just wanted me to change the name of the project on things Mm. so stuff like that it's easier to do that than have to go back (laughs) yeah yeah, I, all of this advice, by the way, that couldn't be applied to, especially I, I work in graphic design, as like a lot of you guys listening know, can be applied to graphic design too. And pretty much like any anything that's like di- like a digital art field, like this is great advice. I would say the same for all of it because I have had the same experience too. Like despite being young, I too am usually one of the experts in the room when it comes to my field. It's, it's very difficult, but I, I completely agree with with everything you said. That's, that's awesome advice. It's they're paying you for your work. Mm-hmm. So that means that they did not have a way to do it themselves. Therefore, you are one of the experts in the room. Even if you're one of the five designers in the room you still have a voice yeah all right that was all the questions I had for you today did you have anything else that you wanted to add or like anything that we didn't get to that you wanted to talk about I didn't have anything else but um if you ever if anybody has questions (laughs) (laughs) all right Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on Artwise. I'm so excited to finally hear from an interior designer. Like I have been so excited for this episode. I've literally patiently been waiting for ever. Like I've been so so excited to hear from you. So I'm I'm sorry I had to change the date of my other thing before. So <laughs> you know how many people I've canceled on. People are literally gonna message you and email you just to be like, yeah, she changed the date of our recording session three times. I've been so, people listening, we're recording this well in advance. So like we're recording this towards the end of February right now. This episode will likely not come out until May. So it's being recorded in advance. But February, January, February have not been good months for me. And I've been very sick. 
God. So I had to keep canceling on people. I'm not usually like that. I never do that. But I've had no. so many things come up. So <laughs> don't even worry about it. <laughs> yeah, no, don't. It's it's not a big deal. <laughs> no worries. I have canceled on, I literally, I couldn't even count it on like four hands how many people I've had to be like, can we push back our date? Anyway, back to, back to the podcast. So, right. So since we're done, it is now self-promo time. You know what I should do? <gasps> Guys, I'm going to do this. For self-promo time, I'm going to make like a little music that says self-promo time. That would be okay. fun, right? Okay. <laughs> For now, I'll just say it. It's self-promo time. So anything, anything. I know you said like there wasn't much, but any of your social media, where people can find you, contact you, any cool projects you're working on, businesses, services, Kickstarters, GoFundMes, literally anything that you want to promote. Now's the time. So I don't have any projects right now that I'm working on or anything, but I, I, so I am on TikTok. I have a very blank TikTok, but if you want to message me on there, it's Quaken, which is K-W-E-I-K-I-N, I think. I can't even remember my own TikTok. Yeah, K-W-A-K-E-I-N. And I will eventually put videos up on my TikTok one day. Social media is not my forte. It never has been. <laughs> and my family members who are all into Facebook are really disappointed in me, but I don't care. But then you can also reach me on my personal Gmail account. I... I check my email pretty often, so if anybody ever has questions or if they want to, you know, you know, see if I'm willing to look at a resume or anything, um, because I did that very recently, my email address is sshedlosky at gmail.com. I don't know if you're spelling my name on the actual thing, but you can always link that too. Your name will be on the episode and I will include all of this and also all of the software that you recommend people looking mm -hmm. to get into interior design. I'm going to include links to all of it in the episode description so that people can easily find it and look into it if they so choose. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else? Sorry, I kind of interrupted you. <laughs> no, sorry. No, that's all I have because I'm not, I'm not a huge social media person, but I lurk. <laughs> I look at everybody else's stuff and I like it. So <laughs> every once in a while, a comment from me. I so. totally get that. No, I do that sometimes too, especially lately. All right. Thank you again so much for coming on. This is this episode was awesome. So as always, guys, we have a Discord that is linked in the Instagram. If you guys want to check that out, a lot of the guests on previous episodes I have joined the discord so it's just like a big networking thing for artists that I made that is linked on our instagram which is at artwise podcast and yeah if you guys could if you're listening on spotify or apple podcast five stars really helps us out so yeah thank you guys so much for listening and thank you again sarah for coming on and I will see all of you guys next tuesday bye everyone <laughs> Thank you.